Well, turning your Bibles to Daniel chapter 9, we're going to continue our study of the book of Daniel. We're in the second half of the book. If you remember chapters 1 through 6, really deal with Daniel and his life and his character and his chronological, and we see all those things. But then, starting in chapter 7 through 12, it deals with prophecies. And uh, Daniel has, has these dreams and visions and their prophecies of the future. And so when we actually think of chapter 9 as prophecy at its best, in Daniel 9, we are given God's program for the nation of Israel. It's one of the most important chapters in the Bible. This chapter gives us the entire program for the nation of Israel, and he shows us the years and responsibility that God has for his people. And this is very important, because at this time, the nation of Israel in captivity. The, Jerusalem is basically, the temple's been destroyed, the city's been destroyed. They're off in captivity. They've been in captivity for 70 years, and they begin to think, Maybe, maybe the promises and the things that God told about us, maybe it's over. But he says, no, it's not over. And he wants to remind them of what happens. And as we look at this passage, we're going to see how the end times fit together, especially dealing with the time of tribulation. And so it's really it's a hard passage. I've never taught Daniel the 70 weeks on a Sunday morning. I've taught it in Bible studies. I've taught it at nighttime where we could draw things on the board. And so I've got as many charts as I could come up with. And I've got a handout for you. I hope you got it when you came in. But there's, uh, we'll just talk through it. And, and if you can get it, great. And if not, well, I'm going to probably review it a little bit next week as well. It's, it's one of the great passages in the Bible. Howard Hendricks was a professor at Dallas Seminary. He was my favorite professor. He used to say this, God has spoken and he has not stuttered. God has given us his word, his written revelation. It's perfect, it's true, it's alive, it's powerful. God's word comes in a lot of forms. If you think about it, first of all, history. When you start thinking, there's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, first of all, all of those things, you say, that's history. And then you, you see Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, those are history. And then you see the New Testament, they're letters, they're called epistles. They were letters written by Paul and Peter and, uh, uh, you know, uh, other people, but it's, it's letters. But then you, you see poetry in the Old Testament, and you see what we call writings and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and those things. But then there's a big part of the Bible, which is prophecy. And the Word of God contains prophecy. God gives information, especially the time he gave it. It's almost always something future on into the future from the time it was given. The Bible is full of prophecy. When you go back to Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, God says, the seed of a woman will crush the head of the serpent. That's in Genesis 3.15. That's the first promise of the Messiah. They had, the, Adam and Eve had just fallen. That sinned. God says, I'm going to send the seed of woman who will crush the head of the serpent, who will bring salvation to the world. There is a promise given way back in Genesis that ultimately was fulfilled in Jesus Christ when he came and died on the cross for us. And it will be future fulfillment even uh, when he comes as the King of kings and Lord of lords. And so when you think about that prophecy, he said the seed of woman will come. That's the Messiah. But he actually said where he'd be born. It says in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, he'd be born in Bethlehem. It actually says in Isaiah, he'd be born of a virgin. It says that he would be of the tribe of Judah. It says that he would be the son of David. So all the way through the Bible, there's all these prophecies and things. You may not realize this, but God actually told when the Messiah was going to die. Now, you look at that and you go, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm saying that in the scripture from Daniel chapter 9, if we had read Daniel, if we lived at the time of Daniel, or if we lived at the time of Jesus and read Daniel and put this together, we would know when the Messiah was to be cut off or to die. 
Daniel chapter 9 has details about the nation of Israel and the end time events. And so this morning, we're going to see probably the most detailed prophecy in the Bible, given the program of the nation of Israel. God gives the number of years until the Messiah and details concerning the tribulation time period. So as we look at this this morning, you're going to see some things that you'll go, I, I don't know if I've ever seen that before. I don't know if I've ever understood that before. We understand at the time of Daniel, God is going to reveal when the Messiah would come, when he would die, and what would happen in the future for that time, and a thing called the abomination desolation. We're going to see that. So as we get into it, let's, let's do this. We, last time we saw Daniel was studying the Bible, and he was reading the book of Jeremiah. And in Jeremiah 25, 11, and in Jeremiah 29, 10, he saw that they would be in captivity for 70 years. I want to read this to you. In Jeremiah 25.11, we read that last week, but in 25.11, he says this, this whole land will be desolate and serve the nation of Babylon for 70 years. And then, that's what he told the nation of Israel to be there. And then in 29 verse 10, he says, thus says the Lord, when the 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you, Israel, and fulfill my word to you and bring you back to this place, back to Israel. So God actually told them in the book of Jeremiah that how long their captivity would last and they would be brought back. When Daniel has this dream, when Daniel has this vision, when he sees all these things, this is at the end of the 70 years. Babylon has just fallen. The Medo-Persian Empire has just taken over. And Daniel now knows it's been 70 years. It's time for Israel to go back. And so what does he do? He prays. And we saw last time that his prayer was confession and petition. His prayer was that we have sinned as a people. We didn't obey the word. We failed to listen to the prophets. His petition is based on your grace and character. Lift the discipline. Turn away from your anger and let us go back to the land. And that's what the prayer is all about. While he's praying, an angel comes. And that angel is Gabriel, who Daniel had seen earlier in another vision, another dream. And this angel, Gabriel, gives him the information about the Messiah and about the future and about the plan for the nation of Israel. So let me break this down for you. Gabriel's going to come in verses nine, uh, chapter 9, verses 20 through 23, and then he gives the details. We call it the 70 weeks. That's in verse 24. In verse 25, we see the 69 weeks. And then the gap in verse 26. And then the 70th week in verse 27. So he actually gives them how it fits together. Now, I've got to remind you some things so you can put this together. This is one of the most important chapters in the Bible, talking about end times. You already remember in the book of Daniel, we've seen several things. We've seen in chapter 2 that, that Nebuchadnezzar had this dream of this statue, and these statues were the nations. And the head of gold was Babylon, and then Medo-Persian, and then Greco-Macedonian, then Roman, then the prophetic gap, which is the church, and then the ten toes of the ten-king federation, which is the future, which hadn't happened yet. All the other things have happened, but that hasn't happened yet, and that's going to be the time of the Antichrist and that final time. We also saw the same thing in chapter 7, where they were different animals, and there was the lion it was the Babylonians and the bear, which was the Medo-Persians, and the, the leopard was the Greco-Macedonians, and then that monster-looking thing was the Roman Empire with ten horns, and, and we saw that that ties together with Daniel 2, which was the, the, the ten horns and the ten toes is that future kingdom. So we've already seen these things about the future is coming. Then in chapter 9, we're going to see the future 
program for Israel. God is not through with his people. Let me tell you, there are people who teach today that God is through with Israel because they rejected the Messiah. God is through with them. That's not true. God's program is actually in, given to us in Daniel chapter 9 and in, in Matthew 24, Matthew 25, uh, all throughout the Bible, uh, Romans 9, 10, and 11. So it's all there. Now watch what happens. Verse 20. Now, while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God in behalf of the holy mountain my God, while I was speaking in prayer, then the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision previously, came to me in my extreme weariness about the time of the evening offering. Now, Daniel was praying, confessing his sin, and Gabriel came. Listen to this. This is back in chapter 8, verse 16. Daniel has a dream, and while he's in the dream, a voice says to him, Gabriel, tell this man the understanding of the vision. So Gabriel is an angel that has come to Daniel before. He's now come to Daniel this time. I want you to notice something else. The Bible is very exact. He said, he came to me in the last part of verse 21. He came to me in my extreme weariness about the time of the evening offering. They had a morning offering at 9 in the morning. They had an evening offering at 3 in the afternoon. This angel comes to Daniel at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He's coming. And when you think about Gabriel, you say, oh, I know Gabriel. I've heard of Gabriel. Well, Gabriel was the one who came to Mary. Gabriel's the one who came to Joseph. Gabriel is the one that came to John the Baptist's father. Gabriel has come to Daniel. So he's an angel that we often call him the messenger angel. You've got Michael, who's the archangel. You've got Gabriel, who's the messenger angel. And you've got Satan, Lucifer, the bad angel, as you might want to call him, the fallen angel. Look what happens. Verse 22. He gave me instruction and talked with me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have come forth to give you insight with understanding. And then he says this, At the beginning of your supplication, the command was issued, and I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed, so give heed to the message and gain understanding of the vision. So he says, listen, when you started praying, I came to give you the answer to your prayer. Because you're praying that we'll get to go back. You're praying that God's going to let his nation come back. You're praying for the future of Israel. I'm going to tell you the future of the nation of Israel. God hears and answers our prayers. You know, when you, when you lift up a prayer, while you're lifting it up, he's, he's, he's answering it. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is wait. But God knows. God, God hears our prayers and answers our prayers. Now, in verses 24 through 27 is one of the most important passages in the entire Bible. It's a difficult passage. I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to explain it to you the best I can, and we'll see if we can put it together. Realize this prophecy deals with the nation of Israel. It does not deal with the church, which is the body of Christ. We are separate. The church is never mentioned in the Old Testament. If Daniel were, if you were alive at the time of Daniel and you could look at him and say, hey, Daniel, what about the church? He would say, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of the church. The church was a mystery in the Old Testament. And the, the prophecy that we're going to see in this passage, the church is not mentioned. I'll show you how we fit. I'll show you where we fit, but we're not mentioned. Okay, I'm going to read the first part of verse 24 and try to explain something. Okay, look at it. Here he goes. He says, 70 weeks 
have been decreed for your people, your holy city, to finish the transgressions, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the holy place. Now, he says you've got 70 weeks to do these six things. That's as a nation. Now, you've got to understand something. When you read that and it says 70 weeks, you think of 70 weeks. If I said to you, we have two dozen, how many would that be? How many? 24, because the word dozen means 12. In this passage, there's a word, shabua. It means seven. It's translated weeks. He says, 70 weeks have been decreed for your people. It's actually 70 sevens, because the word shabua, translated week, means seven. If I said, you've got 10 dozen, you'd say, that's 120. If I said you've got seven, 70 sevens, that's 490. Do you understand that? Everybody follow that? Make sure you grasp it. When it says weeks, he's not saying a week like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. He's saying seven. He says, and let me translate it this way, 70 sevens have been decreed for your people. The 70 times seven, they're years. The only thing that matches you can try to put 70 days. You can put, try to put 70 weeks. You can probably put, try to put 70 months. Nothing works. The only things that fits the scripture is years. So he says, I'm going to give to the nation of Israel 70 sevens, or we'd say 490, and it's 490 years. Now, I want you to grasp this. God gave to Israel at the time that Daniel gets this information he gives him, he says, I'm giving 490 years to the nation of Israel. Okay, do you have that so far? I hope you got it because it's a specific time. Now, I want to show you something. He then in the next verse says, so knowing discern from the issue of the decree to restore and build Jerusalem, he says there's seven weeks, 62 weeks, and then all the way down to verse 27, there's one week. So these weeks, these years are divided into three parts. Let me show you what they are. Seven weeks, 62 weeks, one week, that equals 70 weeks. Now remember, a week is how long? Seven years. So that's 49 years, 434 years, seven years, which makes 490 years. When we look at this, we're going to find that the seven weeks and the 62 weeks happen before the church. There'll be a gap. That's us. There's one week left, 483 years before the church, and there's seven years left. Now, I want to remind you of something. The Jewish people have used up. God has already given them 483 years. We're now here. How many years do they have left? How many? Seven. How long is the tribulation? Seven. We're going to talk about it in just a minute. I want you to see this. Now, look again at the, the verse. He says, 70 sevens have been decreed for your people and to Holy City to do, and he lists six things that they're supposed to do. Okay? Six things that they're supposed to do. Three of them are negative. Finish the transgression, make an end of sins, an atonement for iniquity. Three are positive. 
Bring in everlasting righteousness, seal up the vision and prophecy, anoint the high priest and the temple. By the way, none of those have been completed yet. None of those have been completed. The finished transgression is the unbelief of the nation of Israel. The end of sin is the rebellion of the nation. To make atonement for iniquity is the reconciliation between God and his people. To bring in everlasting righteousness is when Jesus Christ comes as the king of kings and sets up the kingdom. To seal up vision and prophecy doesn't happen till the end of the book of Revelation. And to anoint, anoint the holy place is when God sets up the kingdom during the during the kingdom that, that sets up the temple during the thousand-year reign of Christ. None of these have happened yet. So God's promise to Israel, none of them have been completed. They have not finished their 490 years. Now, I want you to understand, they've used up 483. Now, here's the question. When did the 490 years start? Did it start with Daniel? Did God say to Daniel that day, okay, it starts today, 490 years. Is that what he did? No, that's not how it worked. In fact, here's the question. When will the 490 years start? Daniel chapter 9 tells us when it starts. Look at verse 25. So that you're to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. How long is 7 and 62? How long is that? 69. That's 483 years. He says, from the decree to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah, there will be 7 weeks and 62 weeks. Okay? 69 weeks, 483 years from the decree to the Messiah. Now, I want to show you this. This is a chart. It's a little bit different than the one I'm giving you. We're going to see this one in a minute. From the decree, the decree was given in 444 B.C. I'll show you how we know in just a minute. He said, from that decree, there will be seven weeks. That's 49 years. 62 weeks. That's 434 years. Until the Messiah will be 69 weeks or 483 years. And I'm going to show you something in a minute. But do you understand that from this decree until Jesus died was exactly 483 years. We're going to see it in just a minute. This is us. This is the church. This is the final seven years or the one week or we call the tribulation. So God says, from the decree, here comes the Messiah. Now, let me ask you a question. How do we know the decree? Well, there's only four decrees in the Old Testament dealing with the nation of Israel. In Ezra chapter 1, Cyrus gave a decree for them to build the temple. In chapter 6, Darius gave a decree for them to build the temple. In chapter 7, Artaxerxes gave a decree for them to build the temple. In Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, Artaxerxes gave a decree to Nehemiah to rebuild the city. That is the only decree in the Old Testament to rebuild the city and the walls of Jerusalem. So notice verse 25. So that you know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the Messiah will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. So from the decree, there will be that time. And there we see it. From 444 B.C., the 483 years goes up to approximately 33, some calendars say 32 A.D. That's the exact day that Jesus Christ entered Jerusalem for the last time on what we call Palm Sunday. So, 
from the, restore, the, the, the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Jesus was 69 weeks, 483 years. Jesus came in March 30th, A.D., triumphal entry, and died that week. So the decree to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah was exactly 483 years. Do you understand what this is saying? That if they would have looked at Daniel, they would have known exactly when the Messiah would die. Okay? Now watch. Verse 26. Well, let me go back and says, So you know and discern from the issuing of the decree to restore and build Jerusalem until the Messiah, the Prince, will be seven weeks, 49 years, 62 weeks, and that the whole thing is 483. It will be built again with the plaza and the moat, even times of distress. Talking about the city of Jerusalem will be built again. And then notice what he says next. After the 62 weeks, after the 483 years, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. After the 483 years, the Messiah is going to die. After the 62, that's seven, 62, seven, makes 69 weeks, 483 years, the Messiah will be cut off. What does the cut off mean? It means have nothing. It means to die. He's going to die. The Messiah will be put to death. So I want you to understand this, that from the decree until Jesus is 483 years, seven weeks, 62 weeks. That's how he says it. I wish he'd have said it a different way. I wish he'd have just said years. Then we could have got it. But it'd be like somebody saying, that's four dozen. We'd say, why didn't you say 12 instead of dozen? Okay, he used the word Shabua. And so it's seven weeks and 62 weeks till the Messiah's cut off. Are you following? From the decree till Jesus dying was exactly 483 years or 69 of the 70 weeks. And Jesus died exactly at the right time. Exactly at the right time. Do you understand that God told the nation of Israel that from the decree to the death of Messiah is 483 years. Now, I gave you this handout for a reason. You don't have to look at it right now because I'm going to put it up here. You might say to yourself, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I go 444 BC and I count to 32 AD, that doesn't add up to 483 years. Somebody's wrong here. No. Our years are 365 and a fourth days. The Jewish years are 360 days to a year. Their years are different. And so, in this handout, if you notice that instead of going by years, we put days down, and from the decree to the Messiah was 173,880 days. And it's exactly perfect, no matter how you use the years, whether you use our calendar or whether you use the Jewish calendar, Jesus Christ came and died exactly 483 Jewish years after the decree was given. And it's exactly the correct number of days, regardless of what calendar you use, it comes to be exactly right. So do you understand that the book of Daniel told us exactly when the Messiah would die? This is amazing. You should be going, I can't believe this. I've never seen anything like this. That's why I gave you this card so you can look at it in more detail later. Okay, now, if you notice that after the Messiah dies, there's a gap. Because we're not in, we didn't go straight from 69 to 70. 
We didn't go from the 483-year mark up to the 490-year mark. No. What happened? We're here. Do you remember where the mystery? Nobody in the Old Testament knew about the church. If you'd have said to Daniel, oh, so there's going to be a break between the 69th and the 70th week. There's going to be a break between the 483 years all the way up to the 490. Daniel would have said, I don't know what you're talking about. But there is a gap. And we're the gap. And that's us right there. This final seven years, which is called the 70th week of Daniel, is the time we call the tribulation. That's why the tribulation lasts for seven years. I want to show you something. That, that, uh, let, me, let me read down a little further. The gap. 490 minus 483 equals seven. Here it is. The decree. 483 years. Jesus dies. We don't, we don't go straight to this because they weren't told we're coming. That's why when Jesus was on the earth, he said something that shocked them all. They kept saying, is it time for the kingdom? Is it time for the kingdom? Is it time for the kingdom? And he says, upon this rock, I will build my what? Church. Church and the kingdom aren't the same thing. Jewish people didn't know. The world didn't know about us. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 3 and chapter 4 that the church was a mystery. And from the Old Testament, you'll never find us. When you read all of the prophecies, they're all about the first coming of Christ, and they're all about the second coming of Christ, but there's nothing in there about us, and there's nothing in there about the rapture, because it's a mystery. This is the gap. We're in the gap. Now, what's the next event? What's the next event? Rapture. Jesus Christ is going to come take us out. When the church goes out, guess who's left? Israel. Guess what they got left? Their final seven years, and that's called the tribulation. So let me show you something. That, that verse, Look at verse 27. And he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. Now that he, and let me go back to verse 26 for a second. It says, after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will cut off and have nothing. The people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city. The prince who is to come is the, is the Antichrist. The people who destroy the city are the Roman Empire and this Ten King Federation is called the Revised Roman Empire. And so after Jesus died, the, the Romans came in and destroyed Jerusalem and the temple. That was in A.D. 70. It's never been built back. Then it says in verse 27, And he, that's the Antichrist, he will make a covenant with the many, the many people of the Jewish people, for one week. How long is one week? Seven years. And in the middle of the week... He will put a stop to the sacrifices and grain offerings. What happens in the middle of the tribulation? At the three and a half year mark, halfway through the seven years, what happens? He stops the sacrifices. In fact, in the middle, at the three and a half year mark, he stops the sacrifices. And let me just, let me show you. So here's the 70th week, the final seven years, the covenant is made, the Antichrist, the ten king federation that we talked about in the last couple of chapters. There'll be ten kings. One of those kings will come out. He'll be known as the Antichrist. He's the little horn of the Old Testament. He becomes the ruler of the world, and he makes a peace covenant with the nation of Israel. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27. He makes it, and it's for seven years. That's the final seven years of Israel. Halfway through, he breaks it. He 
goes and puts his idol up in the temple in Jerusalem and claims to be God. Let me read something to you. Let me show you this. Matthew 24, verses 15 and 16 talk about that. I want to read 2 Thessalonians for you because it says it very, very plain. 2 Thessalonians, he is called the man of lawlessness and the son of destruction. It says he opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. This is what happens during the tribulation. It's called the abomination desolation. And Jesus talked about it in Matthew 24, 25. Jesus said, when you see the abomination desolation, run for your lives. That's during the tribulation. That's during the Jews' final seven years. Seven weeks, 62 weeks, the gap, that's us. One week, tribulation, it'll all be complete. So I want to show you something. There are 490 years that God gave to the Jewish people, seven times 70 weeks, or seven times 70, you know, seven. then seven weeks plus 62 weeks, that's 69 weeks, then the decree to the Messiah, the Messiah dies, there's destruction, then there's us, the church age. The very next thing, of course, is the Messiah. Now, let me show you again, just so you got it. There's the decree, 69 weeks, Jesus dies, church age, one of these days we're gone. When we're gone, the final week, the final seven years, the tribulation, Antichrist puts his idol up and claims to be God. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to guarantee you that is what's going to happen. God's word is true. Every prophecy he's ever made comes true exactly as he said it. He's promised Israel 490 years they used 483. The Messiah was cut off. They have seven to go. We're the gap. Once we're gone, they have seven more years. And that comes when the Antichrist puts his idol up. That's what's going to happen. Daniel. Daniel saw the 70 weeks. He didn't see a gap. Let me show you what Daniel saw. He saw 69 weeks. And then as soon as, the, as soon as the Christ, the Messiah, is killed, they go right to the, the one more seven. He didn't see us. What do we see? This is what we see. We see the seven and the, 60, the 69. We see the Messiah dying. We're in the church age. We see the rapture. We see the tribulation, which is the final seven years. Then we see the kingdom because it's revealed to us. They, it wasn't revealed to them, by the way. It wasn't revealed in the Old Testament that the kingdom would be a thousand years on the earth. That's not to the book of Revelation. And then we see the new heaven and the new earth because we have the book of Revelation. So we see a lot more than Daniel saw. So let me give you the idea. God gives the flow of history and prophecy to the nation of Israel. He gave them 70 weeks or 490 years. At the 483 year, the Messiah dies, and there's the destruction of Jerusalem. Then there's the gap of the church. That's us. Then the final seven years is the time of the tribulation. Halfway through the tribulation is called the abomination desolation, where the Antichrist puts his idol in the temple. Jesus then comes as the King of kings and the Lord of lords to reign. And this is what we see. 
We see the Old Testament. We see Jesus dying on the cross, paying for sin. That's the 483-year mark. We see us, which was not listed in the Old Testament. We see the rapture. We see the final seven years, which is the seven-year tribulation. We see the Antichrist putting his idol up. We see Jesus coming as the King of kings and the Lord of lords and ruling on this earth for a thousand years. Then after that, it's called the Great White Throne Judgment, Revelation chapter 20, and then Revelation chapter 21 and 22, we go into the new heavens and the new earth. This is what we see. Daniel didn't have it all because he didn't know about us, but what we gained, so we can see that. So here's what we have. Let's realize that God keeps his word. Every event that he's ever talked about, every prophecy that he's ever given will come to pass just like he said. The Messiah was supposed to be born in Bethlehem. Where was he born? Bethlehem. The Messiah was supposed to be born of a virgin. Was he born of a virgin? The Messiah was supposed to be cut off at the 483-year mark. Was he cut off at the 483-year mark? Yes. Did the Jewish people still have seven years? The answer is yes. What happens after we're gone? There will be a man come to power out of a ten-king federation. He will make a peace pact with the nation of Israel. And how long will it last? Seven years, it's the final seven years that God gave to the Jewish people. And by the way, when that seven years is up and Jesus comes as the king, all six of those things that he told them they would do will be completed when Jesus comes as the king. Understand that God has a plan for his people Israel. 490 years, they've used up 483, there's the gap now, they've got seven to go. God is not through with his people Realize that God has a plan for the church. That's us. What's his plan? We're to make disciples. We're to tell people about Jesus. We're to tell them how they can have eternal life. We're to, make, we're to, to reproduce ourselves. We're to do all those things until he comes to get us. And the dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive and remain to be caught up will be gone off the face of the earth. That's his plan for us. And finally, let's know that God answers prayer. Daniel was praying, oh Lord. Oh, Lord, let us go back. Oh, Lord, tell me what you want us to do. And God says, here's my plan for Israel. Rest in the word. Trust God. Keep making our quest known. May we trust God that he will fulfill his word to Israel and these end time events. May we be faithful to serve him while we're waiting for his return.